solutions, and we're not talking about demand side solutions. And that's still have a lot of oil well, hanging around. Still have a lot of oil hanging around. So how do we how do we get people to consume more? How do we? And China's already like hands up. We're not doing it. We've got a snowstorm coming. Down. Yeah. We've got a snow. I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even you snowing know, in New York yet. All right. I've gotten all the essentials for New York City, which is vodka, vodka, and also vodka. But that's a so whole different good. show. All right. Different we have we, we have yeah. 20 seconds left. Uh, I'm putting you guys on the clock. Uh, it's the return of what is Janet Yellen thinking? Five words or less. Gura, ready, go. Five words or less. Uh, did we make a mistake? Did we make a mistake. Ooh, all right. Because they meet next week. Lynette, uh, up to you. You get the last five words. Can I catch a break? Six Ooh, words. You guys are, can I catch a break? That's five. Okay, that's sorry. five. <laughs> David, David Gura at Bloomberg. Even Gura's he never can't been count. on with me before. Let, let, he doesn't know how I Lynette do it. Lopez at Business Insider. Have a good weekend, you guys. Thank you, Kai. All right, be Bye, good. Kai. On Wall Street today, what goes down must come up or something like that. We'll have the details. We should have those guys on every week when we do the numbers. All right, so let's pick up with something that Gura and Lynette and I were talking about back there, the global economy. 2015 was the year money ran screaming from emerging markets. You actually heard Lynette say this, outflows there. She was talking about in that first thing about China. And we're talking outflows in a very big way, $735 billion that left emerging markets. That's according to the Institute for International Finance. And the biggest loser by far, think about what Lynette said, was China. The thing is that Beijing's got long-standing rules called capital controls that try, emphasis on the word try here, to keep too much money from leaving that country. Other places, Saudi Arabia and Nigeria, to name just two, have recently started trying to do the same thing. So Marketplace's Tracy Samuelson takes a look at capital controls, how they work, and how they don't. When people think a bank might fail, often their first reaction is to sprint and get their money out. So the bank might close temporarily or limit how much customers can take out to keep things from spiraling. Capital controls are similar. They're regulations that try and moderate how much money enters or leaves a country. That's not a bad metaphor. Jonathan Austria is with the International Monetary Fund. He says it's tough to say how effective these controls are. You really only want to put controls on capital outflows in sort of very extreme crisis situations. Like Iceland did in 2008 after its banking system collapsed. Michael Klein is a professor at the Fletcher School at Tufts University. What the country did was put in a very wide range of controls over virtually all assets. And Iceland was able to recover more quickly, I think, than it would have been had the money actually left the country. But Klein says Iceland is definitely more exception than rule. He says, in general, long-term controls tend to work better than short-term reactionary ones, which people often find ways to get around. And these controls, they can really freak out investors, says Anusha Chari. She's an economics professor at the University of North Carolina. It does have the unintended consequence of making foreign investors less likely to invest in your country in the future. And as far as your domestic citizens are concerned, if that restriction is lifted at some point, there's going to be this temptation to get the money out when you can. Which means figuring out when to lift controls once they're in place can be really, really tricky. I'm Tracy Samuelson for Marketplace. American Express is as iconic a financial brand as it gets. But for Amex executives today, the tagline could have been, 
Don't leave home at all. It's brutal out there. The company reported a 38% drop in profits yesterday after the bell, and by the time things were all said and done today, shares were down 12%. CEO Kenneth Chenault cited, quote, intense competition in the payments industry. Marketplace's Mitchell Harmon has more on this. Profits at American Express are being squeezed by merchants who don't want to pay high fees anymore when they take the card and by customers who want ever more rewards from the company for using it. Jim Sinegal at Morningstar points to Amex's recent loss of an exclusive partnership with Costco. American Express, when it was uh, negotiating against small restaurants, for example, they really had a lot of bargaining power. Now Amex is talking to the Costco's and the Walmarts of the world, a handful of big airlines, and their bargaining position isn't as strong as it's been in the past. Then there are consumers who hate high fees and use the web to shop for the lowest interest rates and the most free bonus miles and all